Well, cool. It is exciting to be here. Like I said, it is a special Sunday where um, this is just a great chance. I just want to thank Pastor Mike for letting us do this. And um, this church has been just so supportive of what we're seeing happen in our students, right? In our middle schools and our high schoolers. So it's a special morning to see our students have a chance to give back and to be able to serve and to be a part of just everything God is doing here um, within our church. And so like Pastor Mike said, we are concluding our series called All In, and we're titling today's message, Lives Released on Mission, right? Lives Released on Mission. And here's what Jesus says in Luke 19, 10. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Meaning what we're gonna talk about this morning is that Jesus doesn't just require us to follow him, he requires us to join him. He doesn't want us just to follow him, he wants us to join him on his mission, And so I'm excited to kind of just talk about just everything God's been doing just this past year and hopefully bring some excitement in us to want to join Jesus on mission, right? Just for me being a youth pastor here, uh, you know, I've been serving in student ministry just at large for about eight years now. And there's honestly never been a more exciting time to be in student ministry than right now. Right, because Gen Z, you guys are all familiar with this term, Gen Z. Right? Gen Z is just basically young people, right? Everyone from like 11 to, to 26 years old. They've actually given that generation, the title is like the revival generation, right? And just in this past year, I mean, we've seen God just sweep across this nation, sweep across even here um, with our students here in Mission Viejo, just bringing this revival in young people's lives. I mean, just this past year alone in our student ministry, I mean, I could, I could spend time right now and give you a bunch of statistics and tell you all the awesome things God did. And I mean, we've seen over a hundred new kids come to our ministry, but the greatest thing that we saw just this past year within our students within this church is we saw a whole entire culture shift change with our kids. Like, I really mean that. Like, we saw within this past year, students not just come to youth group anymore just to hang out, even though we do that, and we have an awesome space, but we begin to see this just hunger in them, right? To really want to be all in. They come here now hungry to seek Jesus, wanting to worship, and just wanting to know, like, what does it mean to actually follow him and be a part of everything God is doing? And so I wanted to show you this video just to highlight this while we get this opportunity here this morning, just to see, I mean, what is going on here? What's happening with our teenagers? So check out this video. Number one, I love my friends here. I've met like longtime brothers that I know are gonna be with me for the rest of my life. What I've loved about MSM is all the leaders and being really welcoming. Well, I've uh, made a lot of new friends and all the leaders are really nice and the music's great. It's a big community. I mean, I know everyone here. I've been here for only two years and I know everyone. Uh, the leaders are very friendly, they're very kind, they're open. I feel like I can really connect with each and every one of them. I really like the leaders here. They're like really welcoming and like we had like a small life group and I just felt like really at home. I have just loved the community. They really make you feel like you're a part of it. They kind of just rope you into it and you get you get connected. An awesome experience, you know, throughout my entire life being able to grow up with my friends here at church. MSM, there's so much leaders just to like lean on and just have fun with and so many friends to like be made. I don't know, I just feel like it's super fun here that I just feel like nobody like judges you for anything. I love the pastors and the leaders here. I like hanging out with my friends, like playing basketball. Uh, I love like the relationships I made like with Pastor Zach and Pastor Robert. I've seen God helped me uh, through school, like all the five years I've been coming here. It showed me a lot. I've seen God listen to me, answer my prayers. You know, I've gone through tough times and he's been there. He's taking care of my family, taking care of me, my friends. There's nothing more I can ask for that from him. God's just like opened me up to more like opportunities and just like 
kind of brought me closer with like the good friends and like distanced me from like bad people in my life. I feel like my bond with God has been getting a lot closer. Lots of healing from like past troubles. So I've seen God personally affect my life and other people's lives that are around me. Prayers that I've really felt heartfelt about and have put my whole soul in, I've seen been answered. Well, he opened me up to want to learn about him more and go to church. I could really see a difference from my freshman year to now my senior year. I can really tell that God has changed me and led me to the right path, so I'm doing the right stuff, you know, honoring him and having fun and being with friends. What God has done in my life to me is incredible, going from kind of just a guy who just thought just can do whatever to, you know, Jesus really showed me that it, it takes a true leader in the church. Just everything that has just transpired has really just showed me about who God is and what it means to be a leader in life. So cool, right? <laughs> What's, what's funny about that video is we shot that on a Wednesday and none of them knew what this video was for. They just showed up on a Wednesday like, hey, can you go upstairs and just shoot a video? And they just went up there without knowing anything, right? Didn't even know it was going to be shown on Sunday. So that was all just natural, real answers. And now many of them are here today. So that was just really cool to show that. Um, there's just so much incredible things happening. Now, I want to walk you guys through this. As awesome as what God is doing here within our students, right? And what we're seeing God bring alive in their own faith. Right? We've been seeing this this past year. There's been something just breaking through in the atmosphere um, just all across our country. And I want to walk us down a little bit of memory lane a little bit. Um, if you guys have forgotten some of these things or maybe you were just unaware of some of the powerful ways God has been moving within our country. Right? Let's look back all the way back to February of last year. How many of you guys remember this? What, we call, what they called the Asbury Revival. Right? You guys remember this? Right? There was something that just like broke in the atmosphere, I think, when this happened. Right? This is a little Christian college in Kentucky where um, some students after chapel, one of their morning chapels where they were worshiping, some of them stuck around and just kept worshiping. And because of that, just the other students from the school just all poured in. Then all of a sudden, people from the city all started pouring in. And then out of nowhere, people from all over the country started pouring in. And I heard there were people even from different parts of the world that started pouring into this little chapel to just worship God because there was an unrelenting worship that lasted for days and days, I think even weeks, and they just worshiped. And there was just a powerful presence of God in this place, right? The Washington Times, they said this about this experience that happened. They said the spiritual clamor, spread from Asbury to 37 other college campuses across the country that allowed young people to experience freedom, renewal, and calling, right? There have been more than 200 teams of students testifying about the revival in churches since then, with hundreds more going out this summer. It just sparked this whole movement of young people wanting to experience God in this fresh and powerful way, right? You can throw the next picture on there. Maybe you guys remember this. I don't know if you guys saw the movie, Jesus Revolution, Right? It just, again, it sparked this movement and some people came together and put on um, a baptism where on one single day at Pirate's Cove, 4,500 people made the decision to commit their lives to Jesus and were baptized in one single day. Right, which is amazing. And you can throw that next picture up there. I'm gonna go through these quickly. On that same month in July last year on Hollywood Boulevard, right, some people got together and actually on the boulevard shut it down with worship. Right in the middle of Hollywood, revival broke out and thousands of young people came to worship there. It says 2,500 people gathered on Hollywood Boulevard and this is what they're quoted saying. To expose darkness, to worship and to release the sound of freedom across that city. 
right? You can throw that next picture on there too. Um, these are two secular colleges, right? Auburn University and Texas A&M, right? Most of the time, secular college is a place where kids go to have their faith die. But in this particular setting, revival started breaking out in these schools, right? At Auburn, again, much like uh, Asbury, students just started worshiping. And again, revival broke out and 200 kids in one night decided to get baptized there on that college campus. Right around that same time in that same month at Texas A&M, right? Just like Asbury, they started breaking out in worship and students just wouldn't stop. They weren't going to class, they were worshiping. And it said kids were getting saved day after day and getting baptized daily, Right? And as obviously as exciting as this is, is what's happening in this country, if we had more time, we could look and just see this past year alone, how God was not just doing this here in America, but he was sweeping across the world. Right? Places like Thailand, in India, in Africa, in Iran, places where you can't just break out with revival like this was happening. Right? And this says there were signs of visions and miracles and healings, and God has just been breaking the atmosphere with reaching people right now. And why I'm sharing all this with us is because I wanna just make us aware there is just something unique about the position that we are in right now as believers, right? For those of us that have found hope, that there is a whole generation right now that is seeking truth, right? Their eyes are being opened up to the lies of this world and they're looking for answers and they're looking, man, the way the world is working is broken. Where is the hope, right? Prolific actor, I think Jim Carrey said this best. Listen to what he says here. Jim Carrey says, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and buy everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it is not the answer. There's a generation looking for hope, asking the question, what is the answer? And we have been positioned with this amazing and unique opportunity to stand here and to declare that it is Jesus who is the answer. I don't know if you're excited about that, but I'm excited about that. And so what we're gonna do today, like I said, today's message is titled Lives Released on Mission. And we're gonna have a conversation around the power of the invitation. We're gonna talk about how powerful just a simple invitation can be. So let's pray and let's jump into this. God, we wanna be a people who is just hungry to see you move. God, encourage us as a church here today. Empower us here today. Lord, the enemy wants to afflict us He wants to condemn us. He wants to make us feel like we can't do it, God, but we are not here to be defensive Christians. We are here to be on the offense. I pray you encourage us today, Jesus, to remind us that if we have you, Jesus, you have given us all that we need to do everything you've called us to do. So Lord, give us this word in your name, Jesus, amen. So I don't know if you guys have been invited. All of us have been invited at some point or another, right? Just think about the last time you were invited to something, right? For me, I think all the way back to like elementary school, Right, do you guys remember like getting an invitation to like a birthday party, right? It's like the coolest thing ever. Like when that first happens, like you're in your class and you get that invitation. It's just that little feeling of like, wow, this is awesome. Like I'm wanted, I've been chosen, right? We get invitations like all kinds of different ways nowadays, right? If you guys are planning weddings, right? You gotta work on a lot of invitations, right? There's informal invitations, just like, hey, come over and hang out. There's evites now, which is like online. You get a pic, you know, let them know. And then of course there's the formal invitations that are for things that are really important. No matter how you get invited though, when you receive an invitation, it sends the message that you are wanted, that you are welcomed, that you are included, that you were invited to be a part of this experience. You were invited to be a part of this event and you are wanted to be a part of that. And as we begin to talk about invitations, right? There was no one who was better at invitations than Jesus, right? Jesus was truly the king of inviting. 
And the reason he was so powerful at this is because Jesus didn't see people as everyone else saw them, right? Jesus didn't see people for who they are. He saw people for who they could be. And he would meet people where they were at and he would invite them into something better. But I think of Jesus when he met the woman at the well, right? The Samaritan woman who would go to the well in the middle of the day to get water so she could avoid all other people. Right? I know some of us go grocery shopping at 12 o'clock at night. She's like, I don't want to see anyone. Like, this, was, this was her situation to get water. Right? And the reason she did it, though, was a little bit more sad. She had a really um, just sinful past, and people in that city didn't want anything to do with her. Right? Never would she expect that a man would come in and, and, and talk to her, let alone the Son of God, let alone Jesus, the Messiah. This is exactly what Jesus did. He sought her out. He met her where she was at and he initiated the conversation with her. And he began to say, hey, you like this water? Well, I got living water that you will never thirst again for. He began to explain to her what the love of God was all about and he invited her to experience something better than her current circumstances. And upon her experience with Jesus, this woman went back to Samaria and became like probably the greatest evangelist that that city has ever seen telling everyone about Jesus. But I think about Zacchaeus. Right, when Jesus came into Jericho, Zacchaeus, who was hated by religious standards, right? he was a, he was an, a tax collector, which was just a horrible decision of, of people who would, who would live like that. And because Jesus was coming through, he just wanted to see Jesus. So he climbed a tree just so he could see him. And Jesus didn't just walk through the city and accidentally bump into him. Jesus intentionally found Zacchaeus, intentionally looked at him and invited him into something better. Right, it says this, it says in Luke uh, 19, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, again, he didn't accidentally go, oh, oh, there's Zacchaeus. He reached the spot where he was looking for Zacchaeus and he found him. And he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people who saw this though began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Just didn't care about what people said. Jesus didn't care about trying to be religious. He didn't care about what people would, would talk about him behind his back. Jesus cared about loving people. And he would meet people where they were at so he could invite them into something better. And upon this invitation that he gave Zacchaeus into, into a life of redemption, Zacchaeus accepted and his whole entire life was changed. Even who Jesus' disciples were, right? The men that he had to pick to entrust the gospel message of the world to transform the whole entire history of human Humanity. Jesus chose these fishermen, right? Often guys who were probably rejected by other rabbis who, who weren't looked at as very special in any kind of way. Jesus saw them for the potential that God has put inside of them. Look at this on the screen. In Matthew chapter four, it says this. Jesus says, while he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is so important for us to understand as we talk about what the power of the invitation is and this mission that Jesus has called us to, right? To understand who Jesus is and who he invites. Jesus does not see people as everyone else sees them. He sees people for the potential that God has placed inside of them. And this better that Jesus is inviting us to, he didn't go to Simon and Peter and find his disciples and say, hey, follow me and I'll give you everything you ever desired. Follow me and I will make you rich. Follow me and I'll make your life comfortable. Follow me and your life will be so much easier in this life. He doesn't say that. This better that he was inviting them to is something so much greater than anything this world can offer you. 
He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will give you purpose. He invites us to experience purpose. And he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of, another translation, just people. You can throw this picture up here. I actually got a chance to go uh, fishing not that long ago, right? Troy's right here. I got it, thinking about invitation. I got invited by some guys here at our church to, to go fishing. Um, and it was interesting. It was fun. You know, I'm not the greatest fisherman, but I wanna just share this with you. And I wanna have some fun as we're talking about Jesus calling us to be fishers of men. I assume that maybe some of us know about fishing. Others of us, probably most of us, right? Are, aren't that experienced as a fisherman, right? But I wanna walk us through some real life lessons that I learned while fishing that I think can teach us a whole lot about what Jesus means when he says, I've called you to be fishers of people, right? So it was kind of fun. We gotta go fishing. I did get to catch some fish, but I wanna walk us through this. So here's number one. And if you guys have your note sheets, you can follow along. You can kind of just listen, look at the screen. Uh, but I think this can potentially be really helpful for us. Here's the first lesson I learned from when we went fishing, right? Number one, is some people are very good at fishing, but everyone can do it, right? When we went fishing that day, and you could throw, maybe throw that picture back up there, right? There was a lot of us who, who knew a lot about fishing, right? They brought their own fishing poles. They had their own bait. They knew how to tie the hooks. They, just, they, had, they had gone fishing a lot, and they knew what they were doing. And there were others of us who were like me, who had to rent a fishing pole, who went fishing when I was a kid, but had no idea how to tie a hook on a fishing line, but I was there, and when we got out in the water, I mean, once I got some help, right, I maybe got my fishing pole set up, the basic premise of fishing is not that hard, right? You just throw the fishing line in the water, and if a fish bites, you kind of just reel it in, right? With the right help, I mean, pretty much everyone can do it, right? When Jesus calls us to be fishers of people, right, there's some of us who are going to be really good at this, right? This is what we call the gift of evangelism, right? You guys ever been around someone like that? It's like everywhere they go, like in the work, they just save the whole work, right? Everywhere they go in their neighborhood, they're just telling everyone about Jesus. They're inviting people on the teams. You're like, okay, those are the people that Jesus has called to, to evangelize. Those are the people that God has called to tell others about Jesus, right? I'm gonna stick to my lane and they can do their thing. But that's simply not true, right? This is something everyone can do. Let, let me just put it this way. If someone came up to you, and this asked you this question, if I was just to ask you this in a one-on-one -on -one conversation somewhere here today, and I said, hey, just tell me, like, why are you a Christian? Or just tell me, like, what, what is the reason for the hope that you have? Like, why has Jesus given you hope? If you have put your faith in Jesus, I'll tell you this right now, every single one of us has an answer to that question. If you don't have an answer to that question, you need to really start wondering, who, who are you following? Are you following Jesus or are you not? Because if you've really put your faith in Jesus, you have a reason for why he is the answer. You have a reason for why he's given you hope. And I'm telling you, whatever that answer is, is all that you need to do exactly what God has called you to do, right? Not all of us are gonna be amazing professional evangelists. If that word evangelism just means telling other people about Jesus, but all of us can do it. God has gifted all of us the ability to share what hope we have in Jesus. So first lesson, some people are good at fishing, but everyone can do it. Here's the second thing, fishermen, know their fish. Listen, when we went out on that boat that day, um, we knew exactly where to go. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I was just there for the ride, but the guys who were driving it, right, knew exactly where to go. They said, oh, this is where the fish are. So we set sail and we got to the spot where the fish are. Lo and behold, we throw our lines over, we're catching fish. But then after a couple hours, it seemed like there was no fish there. Where'd they go? The fishermen knew exactly the next spot. They said, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna set sail and go to this next box. We know the fish have kind of moved over here. 
And even when we were out there, right, I was learning and they were teaching me, okay, if you use this kind of bait, you're going to draw this kind of fish. And if you use this kind of bait, you're going to track this kind of fish. And if you drop the line to this depth, this kind of fish will come. If you go a little bit deeper, you'll be able to catch this fish. The fishermen knew exactly what kind of fish they were going for. You know what we didn't do? We didn't just close our eyes, pick a spot in the ocean, and just throw our line and expect all the fish to come to us. Fishermen knew their fish and they knew where to find their fish. Listen, if we wanna be effective in sharing the hope of Jesus, we have to know the people we're, we're reaching. We have to know the struggles they're, they're going through, the questions they're asking, right? We cannot just sit in here like some little Christian club and expect the world just to come to us. We have to know how to reach people. Listen, if Jesus is the answer, we have to understand the questions that people are asking so that we can offer Jesus as the hope and the answer that they are needing. Here, here's the third lesson. And the final one from, from that I learned with fishing, right? Fishing requires patience, right? If you've been fishing before, you know this. In fact, this is why some of you hate fishing. You don't have the patience for it, right? No one knows you don't, wherever you're fishing, you don't just throw a line and just wait and just after 10 minutes go, oh, this isn't it today. And you just leave, right? No one fishes with that expectation. Even when we were out that day fishing, in the very same spot, on the very same boat, some of us were catching a ton of fish and some of us maybe caught like one fish that day. Right? Fishing requires patience and you expect that and you understand that. Right? When we're called to be fishers of people, it's not gonna happen as fast as some of us want it to. Right? We know this, there's people in our lives who we've been praying for. There's people in our lives we're frustrated with. There's kids that we wanna just say, accept him, like what's wrong with you? Right? But here's the lesson for us and here's what the encouragement is. Just like fishing, right? it requires patience. Right, and with the people that we're wanting to reach and the people that we're praying for and talking with, if we can stay humble enough to just stay persistent, right, to keep showing them the love of Jesus, to keep demonstrating what it's like to know Jesus and to follow him and to keep praying for them, there will come a moment as they are living in darkness. It's for those of us that have found Jesus, we have been moved out of darkness and into the light. Right? We do not live the same as people in the darkness because we found something better in the hope of Jesus that has moved us from darkness into light. When we stay living that way, following Jesus in the light, it's only a matter of time with people in the darkness will start seeing something different. They're gonna start seeing the hope that we live with. They're gonna start seeing the joy that is within us. They're gonna start seeing the kindness that we show. And eventually they're gonna get hungry enough and desperate enough to say, tell me about this Jesus you know. And all we have to do is just stay ready in that moment to stay patient, to stay ready, and to stay available. Jesus has not called us to just follow him. He's called us to join him. He's called us to fish. And why? Why is this so important to Jesus? Why does he want us to be a part of this? Why did he not say, hey, come and follow me and I'll teach you about the Bible? Why did he say, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men? Because this was Jesus's mission. This is why God stepped out of heaven and into earth to seek and to save the lost. Jesus knows that the enemy is against us and he's put a blinder over us and he has the world in darkness. But Jesus stepped down to pick us up out of that darkness and into the light. People are not a mission field for us. We're not just looking at people saying, I got I to much kind of like fishing. This is where it's not like fishing. Look how many fish I caught. Aren't I so great? And you just want another person, just another tally mark on your list. That is not what Jesus did. Jesus never went in places and tried to attract large crowds. In fact, Jesus, when large crowds came, he actually was trying to turn them away. Jesus was always after a person individually because a, Jesus mat a person mattered to Jesus and he would seek them out 
personally because he knows this person has an eternity. This person is known, this person is seen, and this person is loved. If we're to join Jesus on this mission, this is what he has called us to. He's called us to be released on mission. Here's what Jesus says. This is a really big verse for our church, right? This is where a lot of our vision comes from, right? To make disciples who make disciples. We are not a church that just wants to tell you about Jesus. We are a church who wants us to become like Jesus. And Jesus says this. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Right? He says, therefore, go, right? He sends us. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me just throw this next picture up. This was the first fish I caught. It looks, I, need, I learned I needed to hold the fish a little closer to the screen. I learned that's like what you're supposed to do. I didn't know that. It was my first fish. I think it was bigger than what it looks like in that picture. Anyways, I caught this fish. It was the first fish I caught. Again, maybe I, I, I mean, I don't know. They hyped me up and said it was a rare fish. So I was really excited. But they, I look, but look, have you ever seen someone like post a picture like this with a frown on their face? Have you ever been like, oh, I caught this stupid fish? Like never, right? Everyone who posts a picture with a fish they caught is excited, right? It's such a happy moment. It's such an exciting thing. It's almost like a, a little bit of a rush. Like, it's like, man, this is exciting. I caught this fish. What's so amazing about this life that Jesus has called us to is joy is found within purpose. There is so much joy when we get to join Jesus in the mission that he's called us to, right? This life all of a sudden becomes so exciting when we get to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Coming to church is great, but it can get real boring if this chair is all you're used to sitting in. This becomes so much more purposeful. This becomes so much more exciting. Every day becomes a thrill when you wake up every day and say, man, I am a part of what God is doing on this earth. My life matters. My life has a reason to wake up every day because God has uniquely placed me in a situation where I get to have purpose, where I get to make a difference with my life, right? It says this in Romans chapter 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then in verse 10, it says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess faith and are saved. Okay, this is the ultimate hope of the gospel. This is what we carry. This is what we know to be true. It says in the next couple of verses in verse 13, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? This is the inclusiveness of the gospel, that this is for everyone. There is no one who doesn't, there's everyone who wants to be saved can be saved, right? That is the truth of what the gospel is. But then here's what it says in verse 14. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I don't wanna shame on this too much, but I'm gonna do it anyways. I'm sure, maybe you guys have heard this saying, hey, um, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. Comes from a good heart, right? It means like to love people and to show people the love of Jesus, but that is, not, that is not found in the Bible anywhere. We just read right now that there needs to be a demonstration of the hope that we have. There needs to be a, someone to go. There needs to be someone to tell them. I mean, who is going to go? Right? Who is gonna tell people at your work, at your neighborhood, in your family, who is the one that's gonna tell them, listen, this darkness that we are in is not where we have to stay. The brokenness of the world and the problems that come against us, there is hope in this, that this is not our ultimate destination, that there is a savior named Jesus who has offered us hope, 
who has offered us something better. And listen, we are still afflicted. We still go through it. But if you have the slightest glimmer of hope in Jesus, you have something the world needs. And who is going to go? And who is gonna tell them that somebody is us? It's you and I. Once we know the truth of who Jesus is, it is our responsibility to bring this to those around us. So here's what I wanna end with, right? The obvious question is how do we do this? Right, what does this look like? How, how, how does this happen? I wanna show just a real quick, and maybe you've heard this before. I wanna look at one of Jesus' disciples named Philip on his experience with Jesus and how he brought someone into this. Here's what the verse says. It says, Philip found Nathanael. That word found is important. Nathanael didn't come and ask Philip, hey, tell me about Jesus. Philip had to go to Nathanael. It was his friend. He had to find him. He had to talk to him. He had experience with Jesus. First thing he did is he found Nathanael. Here's what he says. And he says, he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He tells his friend about the truth of Jesus. He found him and he said, listen, I have found Jesus. He is the truth. He is the hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Look what Nathaniel says here. Nazareth. Can anything good come from there, Nathaniel asked? Listen, I wish it was this easy. We could just go around and say, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the truth. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I'm saved now, thank you. Wish it could be that simple, but it's not. And many of you know this, right? Many of us are scared to do this because we've been attacked. You see, like, you just simply tell someone, hey, go to church, and what happens? Oh, the church, blah, blah, blah. And like, all of a sudden it opens up this huge conversation and they have these doubts and the Bible's been this, blah, blah, blah. And you just get a little defeated. And most of the time, this is where we stop. We feel unequipped. We feel unprepared. We don't know all the answers. We haven't read the whole Bible. We don't know everything. And when we start getting attacked with any kind of doubt that comes against us, any kind of pushback, we go, okay, I tried. I did my part, it's over. Like, I, I tried Jesus. And often this is where we stop. But I, I love just how simple this is. Did, did Philip try to combat him and say, well, actually, Nazareth is pretty good. Like, did he try to go into this huge debate with them? No. He's like, listen, he probably may even agree with him. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer your question. Now, I don't know, Nazareth, yeah, that is weird. All he said here is this though. Just come and see. Make a decision for yourself. Just come and see. Listen, what we do here on a Sunday morning, right? We call this the church. Right, the church is really just where a body of believers meet. Right, we have this building as, as just a, an awesome place to help facilitate us coming into the presence of God. Right, whether we meet here, whether we meet on a Tuesday night, whether we meet on a park for a prayer night, right, for when we come together as a body of believers, hungry and seeking after the presence of God, for most of us, this is the closest we will ever experience heaven here on earth. Meaning there is something so significant about what we get to do here as a group of believers just reaching God's word and worshiping him and seeking his presence, right? For many of us, the power of invitation is simple as this, just come and see. I mean, many of us are here today and we've come here because God has met us in a service like this. God has met us in some kind of worship service. He's met us in some kind of experience like this, right? For many of us, all we have to do is just say, listen, just come and see, Again, just what I love about student ministry is they just get this, right? Students, students don't overthink things, right? It's the best thing. Some of us, this is the reason why Jesus says, just be like a child. Stop overthinking things. Stop making everything so complicated, right? Students just go, hey, I love this youth group. I love hanging out here. And they, when we tell them to invite friends, they're like, 
sure, I'll do it. And they'll just invite him, right? They don't overcomplicate it. I wanna just show you a story right now and hopefully this is encouraging. Check this out. So obviously he goes to my school to Sorrow. On a, one of the Wednesdays, I just, you know, asked him if he wanted to go to church. And uh, he said, sure, I'll go. I'll be down to go. And we come that day and he meets all the new people, Zach and then all the other leaders and stuff. And yeah, that's kind of it. So it was just a random break at school. Carson was in my algebra class and he was like, yo, you should go to my church tonight. It's like, how about you come to my house and we'll go together. I'm like, hey, I haven't been to a church in a while. So I'll, I'll check it out, see if I like it. And I am, we're still here, so I think I like it. I love the community. Everyone's so awesome to hang out with, like so chill. I love that they'll be there for you. And so if you have a problem, you'll feel safe. Like you can always ask whatever you need and you won't feel awkward. And I love that it's always really engaging here. So cool. It's all you gotta say. Yo, you wanna come to my church? It's all you gotta say, it's right there. So I wanna just, I mean, again, I wanna just give us a little bit of something to leave here with. Um, just with this unique opportunity is to talk about what God is doing in our teenagers, right? Like there, there's just something special happening with young people. And it's so exciting for many of us who, who remember being young. We remember what that is like to first come into contact with God. We remember what our first experiences are with God. And it's just, it's so invigorating. And we're seeing it happen with our teenagers. Just with this unique opportunity to highlight them. Uh, I wanna just maybe give us an opportunity to how we can support this, right? How we can continue to see God reach this city for teenagers, right? We have this big vision in student ministry where we wanna reach 1% of all the schools in this area. It's always really funny when I say that because everyone gives me real looks. They're like, come on, 1%? Like, let's be a little more ambitious than that, right? But if we just reached 1% of the schools in our area, it would, be out to like, it would equal out to like hundreds of students coming here weekly, right? And one of the most impactful things that we get to do is taking our students to summer camp. Right, we had an amazing time last year at CIY where we saw, um, I mean, we, just coming back, I think we had like five baptisms, right? Five students committing to giving their life to Jesus and coming back and actually getting baptized. And we are so excited to go again next year. Um, but as you guys know, going to these camps and uh, inflation and all that, it gets expensive, right? And so we have an awesome opportunity to, to set up a scholarship fund. Right, for families who have multiple kids or families who um, just maybe need a little bit of help to let every single student know if you want to go to camp and you want to experience what God has for you, we never want money to be the issue that you don't get to experience what God has for you. And so in your note sheets in front of you, if you guys just want to support that any kind of way, um, what this means, if you want to just go above and beyond um, your normal giving and say, hey, um, I'm willing to, to come alongside financially and in helping some students be able to experience camp, um, you can scan the QR code on there. It's going to show you more about uh, what CIY is and what our camp is. And here's some more testimony videos of students who got to go last year. And um, you can pray about it. And of course, anything, anything you can um, contribute to that and donate to that. Um, it's going to go towards our scholarship fund that will actually allow and help certain students be able to go to camp. And it's just going to be so awesome. Um, number two, I want to just let you guys know this. It's so exciting. Have you, if you know about the school system, you can't just walk on a public high school and just tell everyone about Jesus. Right, but through a club called FC, I get this awesome opportunity to go to all the different high schools um, in this area. In fact, this Thursday, I get to go again to El Toro. And during their lunch, they bring pizza and just invite like over 100 kids. So like hundreds of kids, I just get to step on these high school campuses and share the gospel of Jesus, right? Which is amazing, all right? And it's an awesome kingdom win. In fact, we always see kids give their life to Jesus on these school campuses. And as awesome as that is for the kingdom and for what God is doing, right? It doesn't necessarily equate out to discipleship. 
right? So what we want to do next year is we're actually going to take a group of students and launch our own Christian club um, at Capitol High School with some of our students, right? And just give kids a chance not only to bring the gospel into that campus, but to um, have a direct pathway into discipleship, right? To get them plugged into our community here of what God is doing. And so also, if you want to come alongside in that, the number one way kids show up to that is you just bring pizza. If you can bring pizza, they'll show up. And then we get to do the rest and see what God does. Um, So again, if you're interested in saying, hey, I could help out with that, right? I could provide pizza maybe once a month or I could come and like talk, just come and talk to me about that, right? Because we're looking to see if there's anyone that can kind of help us alongside in that. And then of course, just pray. Like truly join us in prayer. There is so much power in prayer. There's just a unique opportunity that we have where kids are waking up and they're opening up. And I don't know how long till Jesus comes back, but if we have just this next year, we got to give it all we have to see as many kids experience Jesus as we can. So just pray with us. Pray that, I mean, we think we have an awesome, awesome program. We could easily welcome in another 20 to 25 students in each of our ministries. So just join us in prayer for what God is doing. And I wanted to say this last thing and close on this, and you can put the slide up there for us. Um, For yourself right now, Right, to really think, who is your come and see invite? Right, who is the person in your life where, it, where you need to ask yourself, man, who is my come and see person? And I wanna just share this with us and hopefully this is encouraging. Right, for many of us, we don't really need to do anything else. Right, many of us, we have a circle of influence of already right where we're at. Right, for many of us, we have relationships we've already built. All this really takes is for us is to move from just being relational to being missional. Right, to understand that every relationship I'm building has the potential to be missional. I mean, just to put in perspective, and this is just crazy how God works, just in these past couple of weeks, I got invited to go play basketball um, by one of my friends, Jared, at one of the rec centers. So I went and played basketball just this one time on a Sunday. And while I was sitting there waiting for the game, I was sitting there and this guy next to me, he was like, why are you here? And I was like, oh, my friend from church invited me. That's all I had to say. And all of a sudden we had a whole Jesus conversation and I, invited him to, and I got a chance to invite him to come here. That same week, I was going to a nutra shop just to buy some pre-workout to go to the gym. And the guy at the place asked, like, hey, question of the day for you. When's the last time you've ever got, or what was it like when you were a kid getting caught by your parents? I was like, hmm. So I pulled up my, tat- I pulled up my sleeve and showed him my tattoo. Like, let me just first say, Jesus has completely changed my life. And I just started sharing my testimony to him. And we got in this like long conversation. He's like, would I be welcome to come to your church? And I was like, of course you can. And I don't know if he's come yet, but now I have the opportunity to go back there and try to invite him again. Here's the point on all of this. When you just live your life missionally, I mean, God will just give you opportunities. There are people all around you every day that you're interacting with. We need to just have the focus to say, man, I'm not just relational, I'm missional. I'm not just following Jesus, I'm joining him in his mission. I'm going to where the people are at. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for opportunities to say, God, when I'm at work, when I'm with my family, when I'm in my neighborhood, God, give me these opportunities to just have a come and see invite with people to just have a come and see conversation with people. Just give me the chance just to share what you've done in my life. There is so much power in just the invite. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.